You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, yet another adventure continues here in the wonderful world of podcasting. Yes, it's Sherwood Park's District Soccer Association Soccer Talk of the Park. I'm here with uh, Dan O'Drummond. Hey, buddy. Chuckles O'Toole. Hello. Better known as... No, I'm not going to do it again. I always say Chuckles O'Toole, and we all get a little <laughs> chuckle out of it. And Deagle Vender, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Derby day, buddy. Dar- oh, what? Was this a game today? Yeah. <laughs> it's Derby day between I, our I two under I feel a little off without the headphones. Why? I don't know. I just don't... I, it just feels off. Well, you know, I, I think it just makes more sense at the moment. Otherwise, the, the headphones that I would have to give to uh, Uncle Chuckles here would be stretched beyond belief and he'd be you know doing all that weird stuff and fair enough i'm just throwing it out there normally we have headphones on here simply so they can hear the sound effects that we do budget cuts on the show i guess eh? no no no, i've got them i just uh you know what i could always set them up during the next break hey no we're good we're good oh listen to dano dano is prima donna i know half hour late and he's giving us the gears (laughs) i guess you watch your watch like me um lots to talk about uh our last episode we were gonna get into var we didn't so we'll definitely talk about the var and the women's world cup um and it's not just going to be for the women's world cup eventually var is going to be everywhere that it's possible to have it in place at the pro environment in particular for like the epl uh, are know. we getting into this now or no no, no, no. I'm just sort of, right. you know... Because I got an extra little topic about it. But tapping up on the topics here. You know, we're also going to talk a bit about the both Canadian national teams, the women's... Uh, how they how they did in the women's World Cup, their exit, their uh, you know their preparation before all that sort of stuff, and as uh, as well, we'll talk Gold Cup with the Canadian men's team who've uh, have done fairly well and have advanced to the quarterfinals. Um, I'm sure by the time you hear this, <laughs> we'll have been through the quarterfinals and uh, hopefully on to the semis, which would be fantastic. But you know who knows Haiti, if that'll happen. Haiti is who they're playing, correct? Haiti is who they're playing yeah. next. Yeah, in the in the uh, in the quarters. And so I'm hoping that that'll be a positive thing for them in regards to uh, the outcome and, and the winning of that. And then we were also going to touch uh, touch base a little bit, uh, believe it or not, it was, uh, I don't want to say believe it or not, that sounded horrible. Dean, the one of the lovely administrators here at the um, Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, uh, said we should touch on the topic of the ASA. So the Alberta Soccer Association has... Uh, gone to all their members and and thought about having a bit of a raise in fees by one dollar so they can help to support the CSA because uh, right now I think believe the ASA. In fact, let's go into that topic right now if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, yeah let's we look sure. So so the ASA, the Alberta Soccer Association, has um, talked about raising the fees by a dollar because currently they are subsidizing the amount that the CSA is asking for. So the CSA um, goes to all the different provincial membership clubs and or membership organizations and asks for a certain fee to help mm-hmm. support the CSA and the endeavors they have, our women's team, our men's team, all the national programs for both the female and the male side of things. And all that, a good chunk of that funding at least comes through what the associations give to that program, um, so when you're in a, when you're in a, an area where I think you're, you're running a deficit in the sense that you are asked to subsidize some of that through your own means, um, do you think it's within their rights? And not even within their rights. Do you think that makes sense to to raise things from a you know one dollar per per player? Uh, I only say that because I know there's some pushback against this. You know, and we're dealing with our national program. Right, pushback from who? Well, just from the, the, the clubs, from the districts yeah. that actually have to pay the money in so, to the ASA, who in turn pays yeah. the CSA. So if I if I know correctly, it's uh, the district associations are, are, are part of Alberta soccer. Correct. And we have to pay a annual fee uh, in order to be a part of the Alberta Soccer Association. And that fee comes with all the members that are a part of our association. So they're looking to increase that fee by a dollar per player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and I think what um, I just we were talking with uh, with Debbie here earlier is that um, people are are not seeing um, the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. They're just seeing short term. It's like, oh, my, well, my daughter or my son is in a uh, community program, and why do I care about the national team? 
You know what I mean? So they're not looking at the the development side of football here in Canada. They're looking at their... Um, yeah, it's going to improve the grassroots yeah. program right off the bat, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's top down. It is the top down, and and I, I, I struggle with like I mean, how do you how do you expose, um, the members to what? Because I, I know at the end of the day, everyone wants to get something from their money. Mm-hmm. What am I getting by paying the extra dollar? You know, and and if you really look at it, I know fees are fees. You have to run organizations. You have to run districts. You have to run clubs. Um. And then they're set at a certain rate for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reasons are usually laid out um, within the club's um, mandate or what they're trying to do within the club. Right. But, I mean, it's a dollar. Yeah, I'm surprised with all the pushback just for a dollar, right? Especially if there's a reason for it that it's going towards the CSA. And again, it's going to be top down. It's going to improve all the programming, the coach education, you name it. It's going to improve it. Yeah. It's going to improve the game in the country, right? I, I agree. And I mean, it's not looking at it's 10 bucks a kid or whatever the case is. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a dollar increase. So maybe I people mean, are more stuck on the principle I, than anything else. Yeah, you know, and I would say for at least three quarters of the people out there that are paying to have their, you know, their children play football is, or soccer, um, you know, they probably spend more on a coffee mm-hmm. you know well, obviously if it's a dollar it's yeah they're probably spending five bucks on a coffee right. once a week or you know twice a week or however many times they go in to grab a coffee well you have one less coffee and you can actually pay your you know a dollar for four kids mm-hmm. sort of thing i, I just I, I don't know, i'm kind of dumbfounded by it and i mean i can see i guess both sides of it but at the at the end of the day i, I think the outcome is about building a strong national program mm-hmm. and, and one that puts the country in a better stead. Cause in the long run, y- you know, you have these programs that do really well and do you not think that, okay, well, if the country's doing really well, maybe you get more of the tournaments mm-hmm. that are coming in. Those tournaments, those tournaments generate money outside of the soccer realm you know, but hotels, restaurants, wherever the, you know, whatever city they're in, mm-hmm. um, those tournaments generate funds. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's yeah. even connected to CSA doing this national club youth license where, you know, people are applying for that process right now that that's, that's going to impact. So it's yeah. not just that the national team is, you know, a million miles away and, oh, my son or daughter is not going to make the national team. Well, that's not what it's about, right? Yeah. It's improving the game and, and the standards and the cultures across across the country. So, I mean, I think it's going to have a huge impact just with the connection with the CSA and this national club youth license. So mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why we're talking about it, to be honest with you. Like, well, I can't really see the other side of it. I, I can't see the other side of it. What about you, Charles? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm the same. Like, honestly, like you, you hit it on the head there, uh, D-Dub. Like, it's a dollar. <laughs> honestly it's a dollar like you said people go and spend a, a coffee five yeah. bucks starbucks yeah. you're looking at 10 mm-hmm. yeah and they think nothing of it and it's like once a day they're doing that some people yeah so what's what's a dollar yeah. to improve our program and it, and it's it's not just our local community here but it's it's, it's nationwide mm-hmm. that we're doing that yeah i mean is there i don't know i'll put that out to you guys right now is is this occurring like in the states as well is like do we know offhand if there's any a national thing there where they've got a part of their fees are going towards the national that's teams. A, that's a good thing to look into because I, I I don't know, but sports in general in the U.S. is so well sponsored and taken care of. I don't know of many programs in any sport that struggle in the U.S. Obviously, the numbers down there are way more as far mm-hmm. as population goes. Ten but times, yeah. Yeah, but, but you still have a, a, a real emphasis on sports and what sports can do for you as an individual, uh, as a group, as a country. And so there, there's a lot of money that's spent on sports from, from youth all the way through to their high school programs, to their college programs. You look it's, at their stadiums for high schools. Oh, I know it's it. incredible. I know it. And, and football programs it, are crazy down there. They exactly. can't even get tickets to university yeah. football games there. Yeah, and, and in particular with their laws having to equate or have a bit of equality between the male and female sports as well. You know, if there's a football program that makes 
$100 million in a year, which some of these college football programs do mm-hmm. based on sponsorship, television deals, all that sort of... Um, yeah, head coaches in, in college are for NFL or for American football. Some of them are paid better than NFL coaches. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a business. It, it is a and business. And there's a huge thing going on in the NCAA right now about uh, players and their rights and, you know, um, just getting marketed and all that kind of stuff because... People are making money off of it, but not the kids. Yeah. Even, even even soccer coaches in CAA mm-hmm. Div One. Yeah. Some of these guys are getting between a hundred and two hundred fifty thousand or higher. Oh, easy, a, yeah. A coach sure. season. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, it, it just it just boggles the mind to think of how well funded most sporting programs are in the states as compared to Canada. Well, their, their big kickoff of it was when they hosted the World Cup in '94. Mm-hmm. That was all of a sudden. Their sports program, the soccer program, took off. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. when their women started to become really dominant in there. Their men have yeah. like climbed the world rankings. Yeah, they're always competitive. Yeah. Oh yeah, their men's programs are very good. And I don't mean, get, don't get me wrong, I totally understand. There's other things in life and in the world that you know need our funding more so than sports. Hundred percent. But I I just think the the creation of that person who's got that drive and desire to go and exceed where they're at in a sport that will translate later in life to someone who wants to go forward and exceed in life, which mm-hmm. in turn, hopefully will translate to government to, to all the different well, those people processes that back. people might get. Exactly. They'll exactly. Get that for me, that giving back part is huge. Absolutely huge. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, this is a topic that could do. Do we talk? Do we, is there even a conversation if this is like you know, um, you know, the hockey world? Like you know, if this is coming down from um, the national body in 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 hockey, do do people even blink an eyelash to it? Like, do you think that's? I'd a say less so because I feel like the Canadian hockey program is obviously so successful, right? And, and people see it as a as an obtainable goal for maybe their son yeah. or their daughter, right? Just yeah. because. I don't know. I can tell you right now, if we make that 2022 World mm-hmm. Cup as a, as a country, I definitely think that's going to change the the way people are looked at. Now, that being said, we're going to get into the topic of the Gold Cup and and the Canadian team right now. But is it is it the top three teams of the Gold Cup get an automatic berth? Yes. Is oh, that is that what it Cup. is for the for the World Cup? Yes. Off of this Gold Cup, that's that's amazing in itself. That's that's un. Believable, yeah, it's uh, massive, to have that happen. Tournament. And if it does happen, I think, do we start having that? You know, is this question going to be a moot point at that? Because you're exactly right, D. I think hockey is never questioned. They yeah, or, or move things up a dollar, move like, things up ten dollars, and uh, think everyone's like, okay, well, but they're doing something right up there. Yeah, but exactly. And I think that I also, you know, just hearing through the grapevine of things, I think that um, some of the hockey, um, you know. I want to say not districts, but some of the hockey clubs or whatever it is that they are, um, they're also having a little bit of issues with over over programming and you know all these different um, academy st- setups and things that are coming in that's you know affected our world here uh, yeah. in the soccer world as mm-hmm. well too. So um, when it comes to increasing a dollar for a fee, there's there's other questions to be asked. You know, there's a lot of programs ar- around um, just what I'm going to say within Alberta that. They don't have to pay the fee that we do as a district. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're an academy or something like that, they maybe are sanctioned or unsanctioned program, but they don't have that same fee that we do per player. Mm-hmm. And I think people have to understand and know that. So, you know, if you're going to one of the academies that are around the, the province, yeah. um, they're just getting, uh, you know, approved by Alberta Soccer Association. But us as a district, when we are registering kids, you know, we're paying ample, ample dollars to yeah. to, put, to put kids into our programs. It's funny. I had a, a chat with uh, an ASA member um, the other day in regards to um, just that, you know, talking about the sanctioning and how that operates. And, and the thought was that there's really, in, in as much as there's rules kind of behind it, there's really nothing they can do. Um, if, if somebody doesn't want to be sanctioned, they want to run a program, they can. It's, it's up to them. And um, whether people join that program or get involved with that program, you know, it's, it's not something that we endorse as a, as a district or, or that we go for. 
Um, if you're going to be, you know, getting involved in a program, you'd better be sanctioned by the governing body of the province. Yeah, correct. And, and uh, I but, understand that. But I mean, the, as far as the ASA goes, I don't think there is sort of anything legitimate they can do to stop anybody. For non-sanctioned programs, okay, I can understand that. But for the programs that are sanctioned, agreed through yeah. the associations. Yeah. Why aren't their kids getting having to pay that same fee that we as a district have to pay? Yeah. You know, and and I think that is something that you know maybe a little controversial to talk about, but um, that is something that is a uh, is something that's in our world. You know, mm-hmm. we have to pay the associate uh, district and provide. Um, programming that we have involved, whether community stream, competitive stream, and some of these sanctioned academies that have uh, three-star ratings or whatever like that, they don't have to pay that fee Yeah, per player. Well, it's definitely food for thought. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, a dollar isn't a lot to support your country. Uh, I think uh, there's obviously many other things we can do with that dollar. That's why when I said it, three quarters of the people can afford that one dollar, you know, so why not? You know, why, why, why we can see it. You can see it in the world cups. You can see it in the gold cup that programs are getting better. Well, how are they getting better? They're getting better by, you know, being funded appropriately. Um, you know, maybe we get corporate people a little bit more involved because I don't know if they are at the point where, um, you know, corporately they need to cough up a little bit more or, and then, I mean, I know the organizations are always have to take a look at themselves to make sure that the spending that they do is going to the right things as well. Um, you know, everyone wants to make more money, I guess. But anyway, uh, on that note, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, Chuckles does. Um, we all do for sure. We're going to take our first break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a little chat about uh, about those national programs, both the men's and the women's, and how they're doing World Cup-wise and Gold Cup-wise. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the District's Soccer Association of Sherwood Park. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rectified that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. How do you know it was that one? I just remember. <laughs> just cut the goat. No, we'll be, no crouching. We'll, we'll be right back. We'll see you. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Outback RV. Discover the Outback at Outback Country RV, Sherwood Park's first RV dealer. So we're back here. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We were talking a little bit uh, about the Gold Cup and, you know, I thought, I thought there was, I know that the top of the heap in that, whoever wins the tournament, got a, I thought they got an automatic berth, but I'm not too sure. I want to preface that by saying, I don't know. So, <laughs> so we've, been, we've been scouring in between. They, they may have back in the day. I don't know. They may have back in the day, but now, I think it's, it was now it's through the hex. So I, th- I think it was th- the tournaments were different timing. And, right. you know, you had two years to prep for it. Those teams that didn't make the World Cup still had a backdoor way of trying to get into it, I think. Right. So there was other tournaments and other, like you'd play the Oceanic group, you'd play the Asia group. There's yeah. different ways you were Seems able like to try and get Seems like there's three for CONCACAF and then one inter-confederation where you're going to play that oceanic group and whatnot but yeah. maybe it's changed and maybe it was back in your time yeah but it's funny because we all of us have been sitting around here um i was about to drop the f-bomb <laughs> and not fantastic if you know what i mean wow um and just because you're slaughtering me for being ancient i'm wow no not at all oh not at all <laughs> back in my day <laughs> you know back when, back uh, when there was only six teams in conga ba- back, okay. back when there was four teams in back, back when, when you were referring to when that may have happened which was maybe 94 i don't no, I thought you were talking about horse and cart days. You no, know? That's I wouldn't Charles do that. Days, not wow, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to flex it my way back. Yeah. You know what? When in doubt, Round go two. to the next oldest guy. <laughs> you've just hit the uh, end of the... Uh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we, all, all of us were looking it up and trying to figure out who, what do, does, does the winner of the Gold Cup get. They uh, get a good trophy. They I get think. a trophy, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a trophy, and, a, and they, they don't have to worry Welcome about it. Welcome back next year to the Gold Cup. Exactly. Two years from Runner now. up gets a slap in the belly with a wet fish. So uh, <laughs> that's not necessarily fun either. Okay, so on to our national teams. We'll start with the Women's World Cup since it's continuing now. In fact, we're sitting here in our uh, lovely boardroom as we record the show with the England N- 
Norway game about to start in the background. It's coming home. It's well, it's <laughs> coming second home, I guess, because uh, Canada's actually Canada's in this one. Yeah, so. you just killed yourself. Not anymore. No, no, it's 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 we're not used to having Canada in the World <laughs> Cup, so usually you can root for the British. Yeah, rooting for the British. There you go. The English. Oh, oneth by sea, twoeth by. History lesson. Uh, no, yeah, bad history. We're going yeah. to talk, talk about states anyway. We're talking about the Herdman effect. Uh, no, I don't know. I was watching National Treasure oh. the other day, and it, that was one of the things. Anyway, um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage had something going on. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the the women's team. Unfortunately, they are now out of the Women's World Cup. Um, a lack of goal scoring, I think, a little bit was the issue because they played really well. They had some great. Mm-hmm. Great moments on the field. You know, in these types of tournaments, every team has an opportunity. There may be some weaker sides, but even the weaker sides can have their day. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and, the server's on at that time, whoever's peaking at that time. Exactly. Exactly. With a large tournament. But uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, because I know in preparation, they went like 8-0 and or 9-0 and as far as games without a loss. I think when you get down to these knockout games or, you know, when they played the Dutch, I didn't see it as we were traveling down to Red Deer. But um, when you get to play some of these teams, it's going to be it's going to be tight. It's going to be cagey. One goal is going to be the difference. And in this case, it was um, the penalty shot, I think, is a little bit of a disappointment. Right. Uh, I think most people expect Sinclair to take it. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe she just passed it off and didn't want the responsibility. Um, maybe I, maybe passing the torch, maybe as well. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's I think it's good to see some of the young players um, come through. Um, Fleming, I think Becky's quite young as well. Heidemann was on the fringe of the World Cup squad, of getting into the first eleven. So I think it's good. I think it's promising. I mean, it's probably going to be Sinclair's last uh, World Cup. So I think it was just there was an opportunity to progress and go through. I think that was a disappointing thing, and and maybe not creating as many opportunities in the final third. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a well-taken penalty, too. I mm-hmm. think Becky's penalty was, was, was good. It was a great save by the yeah. keepers. So but I, I honestly think I honestly think uh, Sinclair should have taken it. Yeah. I think she's the face of women's soccer here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she's a team leader as well. And, and uh, those clutch situations where a goal is needed and she's scored a hundred and starting what 84 yeah. go, and two goals away from breaking the world record yeah. for women internationally. Mm-hmm. I'm in that camp too. I think she should have taken she it. She should have taken it. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, we're coming from a different position as far as the games that we sort of, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think have tra- no idea. Traditionally, no, no. traditionally our, our, our national team in the women's side haven't um, fared well you know, progressing on in the World Cup, they've done more. They've done better in, in Olympic. Oh, Olympics, Olympics for sure. I mean, like you get to two bronze medals. Um, you know, and if you look back four years ago, you know, against China and in, in, here in Edmonton, um, Christine Sinclair steps up and puts it in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got ice in her veins, right? You, you never know, right? You never know what's going yeah. on uh, with with uh, with that. I mean, it's a big moment. Um, they're a very very tight knit group, right? So, yeah. you know, Christine Sinclair as a, as a leader, as a captain, you don't you don't know what's going through her mind. Well, and you don't know what else has gone on during the right. tournament. Is she, the was she playing injured and, you know, was I allowed she, to I continue? I think she missed in, in the yeah. Algrave Cup versus Sweden. I she, think that he said I, that. So maybe that played into it. And, you know, didn't maybe she have maybe one at the Becky's, beginning of maybe, this tournament as well? Didn't she have a PK? No, I don't believe so. I thought so. she missed one and then scored one. I think she, I think she no, only had the goal versus the Dutch. They called that, uh, that PK back. They, gave the, they right. ended up giving the PK, but then they went to VAR. And that was also that in the PK Dutch back. game. Okay. Yeah. And okay. she scored later in that game. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough way to to well, just to see them go out. But I mean, they battled hard. That last twenty minutes of that match was pretty incredible as far as so the what substitution they were. when they put Leon in mm-hmm. changed the game. Yeah. Like they were all offense, offense, offense. Yeah, they were attacking them the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like why wasn't that? Substitution I, made at halftime. I was I was surprised that there wasn't uh, a little bit more squad rotation throughout the the group stages and even going into um, you know this this around a sixteen match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I think that that could have played a little bit as well too on 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 players' fatigue levels. I'm yeah. going into that third game of the of of the. You know the the round sorry the um round robin uh, the round robin yeah they I mean they went with pretty much the the same lineup where really it it wasn't um, it wasn't uh you didn't necessarily have to win or lose you know what I mean it was it was one of those times where maybe you get you know a couple more players maybe in, into the depth of the midfield yeah. or or, I, you, it definitely, or you get yeah. somebody else I mean Chapman I think was was a little bit injured and she. Yeah. You know, logged a lot of minutes there. Maybe the Riviere comes in as a, as a starter, and I, I, you, you can say whatever, right? You can look no, back at it and I agree say whatever. You. But 
Um, I think that there's there was time and, and moments for some other players to maybe get themselves involved. In particular, that last game, because they already knew they were qualifying yeah. for the round of 16. Why not give some of the younger players a bit more of time on the pitch? Because, I mean, when Haidema came in, in the game she came into... Mm-hmm. Um, she looked. I don't want to. I don't want to go as far as saying deer in the headlights, but at this stage, I, I definitely think you could see the rookie in her, the oh, in, sure. inexperience within her to play at that level. Um, just watching the formation of the team, how they were playing, yeah. where she was sitting, you know, deeper than instead of attacking a little bit more. A- anyway, I mean, she, tons of tons of potential. Uh, I know that uh, Kaylin Kyle on the broadcasts have been tooting her horn quite a bit as far as uh, her thoughts towards Heidema. I, you know, yeah, she's but she's a kid still. Yeah, exactly, you know, and that's that's my point. I mean, maybe the future. She but, was she was incredible in, yeah. in the. Was it under? Under, se- uh, under 17. Yeah, under 17, she was fantastic. Yeah, she's great, and, but she's, st- she's still a kid. Yeah. You know, I know that she signed a, a professional contract, and, and you know we, we as a country should be very, very excited about it. Uh-huh. But we're talking about the world stage here. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's something to keep in mind, right? I mean, yeah. we've had such great success with the women's program at the Olympics and doing so well at the World Cup. Like, I mean, um, what was the quarterfinals that got knocked out? Or no, round of 16. Round, like, of, round 16, of 16, yeah. right? But, yeah. I mean, I think you can see that... Uh, how the women's game has progressed with so many countries now too. And that, you know, Canada still, they're still challenging. We're one of the many, right? So yeah. I think it's great that we're getting in these positions and yeah, it was, it was a bit unfortunate. It was a one goal game, but it's something to look forward to and to be proud of. And I think the the men's game is definitely um, edging their way that way as well. So that's exciting with, with their performances in the gold cup and what Herdman's done there. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Just keep yeah. getting better and better. Really looking I, I forward think to one, it. I think one thing just to add on before we get to the, uh, to the men's men's side mm-hmm. is that every single team that's in the, in the uh, quarterfinals here in the women's world cup, they have a domestic league. True. You know, Very true. They have a domestic league. They have, they've got players that are playing in professional environments. Um, and if you look, you look right now, um, Real Madrid in Spain just acquired a, a women's a women's team, so they're going to be yeah. putting on a women's team yeah. uh, next year, and and that's that's one thing that our our country is, is lacking. I mean, there's where that dollar goes. <laughs> there, there well, you go. I mean, that's, ties the show together. You know what? And that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. To to have those things where you know people are watching and going, ah, oh, Canada soccer team. I don't know. And it's like, well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. You put that dollar into the mix. And all of a sudden, you start to see a bit of improvement because now we have a little bit more to facilitate all that. Well, maybe that one dollar goes towards maybe districts or provinces building indoor facilities where we can play the game all year round as well. Wow. For the developing. What a concept. Indoor facility. Was that the, is that the F word you're going to drop? That, was, that, that should be that's <laughs> facility. Facility? Yeah. facility. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's something we've been dropping quite a bit. And I'm... Uh, uh, we won't get into it. Darren's got a sore spot for a certain place we could have had. But anyway, um, <laughs> life goes on, so to speak. And speaking of uh, moving on, fantastic th- that they were in the World Cup. Now they look forward to the Olympics, our women's team. And uh, yeah, so the next thing for us to watch as far as uh, national programs go is the men's team and and the gold cup which uh, gold cup did i say gold top <laughs> you know it almost sounded like cup but uh, <laughs> i thought i thought putty tat <laughs> <laughs> hang on there it is i like how you guys laughed you didn't even hear it <laughs> that's fantastic um it's the men's go- the men's team in the gold cup mm-hmm. and how well they've done so far in in those games i think the loss they lost to Mexico, Mexico yeah. um, but but they had quality chances. Yeah, totally yeah, they had chances. Well, that's just it. I, I think when it got to two to one, was it two to one or one one before Mexico scored? I think it went two nil, two one, three one. Yeah, two nil, two one. We were pushing. I thought well, for ex- sure it's exciting just to watch your national program and think like, oh, we're playing Mexico. Am I going to watch? And now you're like, okay, what time is this game? I've got to watch it because exactly. like we're in a game. Like you're, yeah. you're just we feel a, competitive. Yeah, yeah, there's a different yeah. culture, a different vibe around the national program. It's just exciting. It's, I think it's good for the game. And some of the guys' names that are in the mix, and maybe it's me just not being uh, diligent on knowing the names, but, like, I know you got Davies, Alfonso there, hmm. but, I mean, the what is it? I want to say Cavillia, but... Uh, Cavallini. Cavallini. Yeah. <laughs> playing, in, playing in Mexico. Playing in Mexico, yeah. doing really well. Mm-hmm. David is another one. Jonathan David. Jonathan David. David. Yeah. Holy smokes. Miller's the, the young kid, up? right, with Liverpool? Mm. Yeah, um, 
Un- Arfield, Hoylet, I think is great. It's great talent as yeah, well. Yeah, Hoylet so. plays in the EPL as well, doesn't right. he? Well, with Cardiff, yeah. yeah. Just got so relegated. Really but yeah. <laughs> but guys, Cardiff's coming here, though. Cardiff's coming to the city, exactly. Yeah. July 20th. You can catch Cardiff against... Uh, Rio Valladolid. Guys, you, Valido. you, guys sat, you guys sat in, in, a, in a little bit of a, a conference with, with John Herdman, Hear him, hearing him talk about where he wants his country to go, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, I happened to be down, you know, doing my licensing course and talking to some of the guys from Calgary, and you know, you know, my my close friend, I would say his name is Ash Goosh, Ashley Goosh, okay, down in in Calgary Rangers, and he's like, I will run through a wall for that guy. He's like, I don't even know what it was, but whatever he did, what it was so inspiring. Whatever yeah, it is, I'm, te- and we, I'm telling you right now, it's it's you can see it on the pitch. You, you know really what? And if 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 we all bought into it and paid our dollar, um, yeah, I, I think. I think it's just amazing what he's done and what he's developed. And you can see it on the women's side of the game because that's where he got to start nationally for, for us. Sure. And now he's shifted and, and is building the same type of a program on the men's side. All the players seem to be buying in. Everyone loves playing for this guy. It's just amazing. You can see the culture change for sure in the players, right? And, and I mean, that's you, look, the, you look before and, you know, the last like 12, 15 plus years and you, you'd watch a game and, and you'd be like, these guys are just, you don't, they don't even seem like they're interested in, in playing a football match. Yeah. And you know what? And it's such a large part of your game and your ability to, you know, create a good national team, create a good team in general, create a club in general is by having that culture, by being able to change the culture so people understand and know what's coming forward, what it takes to play this sport at a different level. Uh, something we've been trying to do since we've come on board here, the the, the three of us in, in, in this. Daniel's already here, but is fully understanding it. Uh, at, at what it takes to get to that next level. So, well, Daniel, have you seen since we've been on board changes within our organization towards that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's an opportunity just to, like you guys said, get organized and have a complete program, right? From, I mean, we obviously had many things in place already and we were building towards it, but it's an opportunity, especially like yourself, DW, with the goalkeeping position, right? It's something that a little piece that we were missing, but I think, you know, having us as a staff in here and working with our tech leads and our tech leads in the community programs as well, I think, I think collectively it just makes us that much stronger in our programming and what we're trying to do and develop these kids on the field. Yeah, I mean, we all hope to to, to see the benefits of that from the players. And I think we have over the you know the year and a half, almost where we're going on two years now uh, since we've been on board. And, and I, I like to think that I've seen some subtle changes both in, in the way, at least from the goalkeeping perspective, the way players look at things, uh, the way coaches look at their keepers now and uh you know hopefully it continues uh, down that path of you know it could just educating and yeah. changing mindsets right it's a, pro- it's a big process right you said dw we know you come in here it's it's not going to change overnight it's probably going to be about a three to five three year, to five year process five year for process. sure and and i look at our national team and and i look at, at john herdman and, and i'm saying hey he's not, he's not just he's not just the reason why we're doing well we look back at when the MLS started, when we got uh, when TFC was was in, started up in, and then we the Whitecaps and 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 um, you know Montreal Impact. That was the start of our you know developing players within within the national team. Okay, I think that's it's been we're now seeing a little bit of the fruits of our, of the labor, of that's, the labor been, yeah. that's been put in throughout. I know the MLS now with the CPL coming in and giving now a, a, another pathway for for young players. Um, we, the world's our oyster right now in, in, in our country, you know, I, and I think it's going to make such a huge difference having the CPL involved as well. Um, it's just, it's just really fantastic to know that mm-hmm. we've got our own sort of league, Canadian league. That's at least a, a good jump off point for some of these younger pros. Yeah, just creating the standards at a younger age for some of these kids. You, awesome. know, you look at some of the kids that were maybe missed by our national program or even our provincial programs for that level. Yeah. And they having breakout seasons with the CPL. Yeah. Like they've just been late developers yep. or they've just been within those age groups that never had provincials or for sure. they got to at the time. Yeah. For so sure. They, it's another, it's, it's another launching pad to get towards that national program and allows John Herdman to come out. I've seen him in a lot of the games already. A lot of the CPL games. Well, now he's got a bigger pool to choose from. Exactly. It's a massive pool now. Yeah. And, and can definitely uh, find some of those younger uh, players to, to step into the camps and, and, and be given a shot at, at, at whether or not they can, uh, 
you know, continue on at the, at the national level. You know what? We're going to take another break here. Uh, wishing all the best to the men's team as, uh, as they move on through this gold cup. And, and again, like I say, by the time everyone's heard this, you might not have, uh, known, but, uh, the, the, they're into the quarterfinals. They play Haiti. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity yeah. for them to move on to the semifinals as well. And um, I, I, quick, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say, I think missing Costa Rica is, is, is massive. I think in, in, on our side there, I think Costa Rica, they might have had just a little bit of a slip. I think that when you see Haiti, you're like, oh, well, you know what? Let's go. Let's give it a bit mm-hmm. of business. Yeah. Qu- I, I, quick note. Sorry, D-Dubs. Quick no, note on the Caribbean countries. They've done like. They have elevated their programs too, oh, like big time, and it's insane, insane yeah. the quality. Like Curacao, right? Oh. Um, I was texting Graham because he went there on his honeymoon, so he's got a little connection to it. So we were texting back and forth about the game and just how they played, and it was. That's just a liqueur he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that probably too. I think he's in Croatia in a, in a bar right now somewhere. And by the way, we're talking about Graham, the glue the, of Sherwood Park District Soccer. He's still keeping us together. And yeah, <laughs> like Haiti won their group, right? So I I agree with what D's saying, but I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's really so much as an easy game. Yes, there's some weaker ones. Cuba was was lacking, obviously, a bit. But, uh, yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Look, looking forward to it. Hopefully get Mexico in the semis and get a revenge match. Oh, that would be, look, that I think would we, be really I look, awesome I think we look see. good. Mm-hmm. I think we look good against Mexico. Well, let's keep our fingers you know, crossed, gentlemen, that this is a, a continuation for the national uh, national men's team. And I don't think he put his strongest side against Mexico. No, I don't think so no, either. No, no, our field, sorry. No Hoylet. Yeah. You know, there's, I think Davies was, after Rosario came on, Davies went to a left back. Yeah. I think he played left back last yep. match as well, too. Yep. And I think, yeah, I think it's, you know, like when we're watching the World Cup got, in these national games, like, oh, we want to see them. We don't want to miss them. And I, I finally, the last few years, you feel the same about Canada, right? Yeah. Because you're wanting getting behind your country and, and what, what they're doing and what, what we're trying to do um, from coast to coast. I think it's great. I think it can't wait till Saturday. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great to see. Um, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, V-A-R. Is it a swear word or is it, <laughs> or is it good for the game? We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Outback RV. Discover the Outback at Outback Country RV, Sherwood Park's first RV dealer. And we're back, Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, Soccer Talk in the Park. Yes, the podcast known worldwide. <laughs> okay, there's a few people in a couple of other countries. Who we're in Nigeria, no, aren't we, or something? Yep, Nigeria, International. Spain. I'm trying to think, U.S., of course. Yeah. Um, Hola. You know, thank, <laughs> thank, thanking everybody for tuning in when they do tune in. Hopefully we're not uh, banter crazy and you're actually getting something out of these podcasts because I know I am. <laughs> uh, and it's not cash. But, you know, uh, <laughs> we have fun doing this, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great way of uh, expressing ourselves to some degree. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. Sure. Okay, so here we go. VAR, um, extremely prominent, obviously, with the Women's World Cup on right now. And holy smokes, they're getting, are they getting too nitty-gritty with it? Is it what it was meant for and it's being used correctly? Uh, but what about the delays? Well, here, bef- here before, we go. Before we divulge into the World Cup, I actually saw the end of the TFC game yesterday, which was really interesting. Did anybody see it? Which game? The TFC game last night. Tron- the TFC, Toronto TFC? played last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was 2-2 with Atlanta United and two minutes of extra time. I think it was... Did n- it end in 2-2? No. Oh, okay, because no. I, my, my, uh, I, I recorded it and it, it, it cut ended. out and it was still 2-2. So 91st oh. minute, 30 seconds. There was about 30 seconds left. Ball goes into the box. Defender could have played it, honestly, with his feet. Yeah. It's about six inches off the ground. For whatever reason, he goes down to head it and heads the ball and it, and it goes in the path of the, of the fullback. And he goes in and to be honest, in live play, it looks like a penalty. And the ref gives a penalty. And um, the commentators are saying, no, it, I don't think it's going to be a penalty. They're going to take it back. What he did is he kicked the ground, and his toe hit the ground, making him fall. And as he fell, a guy in front slid in front of him, didn't touch him or the ball, but would have blocked it. But the guy behind him clipped his heel. And then he also fell. So it looks like, oh, well, there's contact there. But if you watch it, if you watch it, truly, he hits the ground with his toe. That's what makes him fall. Uh-huh. And it probably shouldn't have been a penalty. Anyways, given 3-2, uh, you're like, oh, fantastic. That's great. Uh, there's VAR for you. Whoa, we're not done. 
And there's literally, there should be about 15 seconds left because <laughs> there was about 20 seconds before. It was only too much of stoppage time. No, so, sorry, is it TFC would have won it? Or? Yeah, so okay. TFC is up 3-2. Okay. okay. Um, and then Atlanta have a free kick. They play the ball into the back post along the six. Uh, I think a guy either plays it across or heads it across the six and a couple defenders in there and it gets it gets blocked and goes out what would have been the corner. Ref flows for full time. And then everybody starts converging in on the referee from Atlanta saying, oh, it's penalty. Oh, and they're like, oh, and that's the full-time result. And then hold on a second. So he blew the final whistle. They reviewed it. The ball came across the six, hit the guy's arm. No. And to be fair, I probably do think it was a pen. It, unintentional, but it yeah. was out from his body, and it was angling towards the attacker for Atlanta United, which would have been in the six. Yeah. Um, so if the full-time now no longer stood. They went back in time, gave a penalty, the guy blazes it over the bar. No! Finishes 3-2. Yeah. It was wild. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Wow. I, I just, now I'm gutted that my You gotta check out the highlights. I couldn't believe it. And obviously, it was VAR talking points within a minute. Yeah. It was just yeah, wild. But I'll so, pass it to you guys for the World well, Cup. I was just gonna say, as, 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 as we were, <laughs> but no, no, but that, no. that goes down to the, the whole way it's been performed here at the World Cup. And, you know, so just, do, do, you you get, the, do you think they get it right? Obviously not the, uh, the TFC one in your mind. And the problem is that now we're now you're going to the letter of the law. That's the thing. And not the flow of the game. That's, that's the thing that I feel like is it I, don't, I don't love about VAR is that it's taking away a little bit from the game. Is that letter of the law, I think they did it right. Especially the last penalty against TFC. It was, I mean, it's hard done by it, but I yeah. think it was the right call. I can see why they gave the one for TFC. I think you honestly had to probably see the right view of the replay in yeah. order for them to undo the call. Yeah. He didn't even go and review it. They said, yeah, it's a penal. So maybe I had to see it again, but I was listening to the uh, commentator and he kept saying, obviously he's going to be pro TFC. He's like, oh, it's not a penalty for me, not a penalty for me. So I think on the whole VAR is getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, letter of the law. How many times have we said, oh, it's a penalty. No, it won't give it. And defenders obviously got to play with their arms behind their back. Like it's just, it's, it's kind of hectic. You know what? And in this women's world cup, it's killing me only from the fact that most of the VAR calls are um, cards or, or PKs. So some and of offsides P- and, uh, and off offsides. Yeah, I guess yes. that one is plural. I always get mad at people who say offsides when it should be offside. Mm, but I'm talking about many offsides. No, I, I know, and I agree with you. That's yeah. why I, I didn't say anything. No, hey, no problem. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, education lesson brought it, to you by. Because it's funny, because <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but on, on a lot of the American broadcasts... Um, yeah, if it's a singular offside. it's a singular offside. Exactly. I the Americans you. go, oh, it's offsides. <laughs> and I just want to get in that. Zachary. I just want to get in that camera and slap them. Slap them. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Let, so, me get, let me give something clear. Okay. Like, when we go to the VAR, mm-hmm. and it's... Is it stop time or is the time still running? Well, that, and that's the it's other added on, added on. That's the other asset. It's is supposed it? to be. It's supposed, supposed to be. To be yeah. Now, going back to the Women's World Cup, yeah. you go to the Scotland game and the VAR at the, the end of the game. Because one of them was like eight was minutes that ref, had, that ref had a bit of a nightmare. There should have been another five or five six minutes, minutes added or something. On. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And she didn't like, add it. Yeah, wasn't added So on. it ended up being thir- 94 minutes when really it should have been about 99. Like they needed to add on all the extra we're in, time. Scotland, yeah. We're in Scotland like three little, three little up or something like that. Like, they shouldn't have worked. <laughs> well, they were, though. They, they were, were through. through. They were through. Exactly. They were going through. Exactly. In defense of Scotland, though, too, I mean, I, I, I like that VR can be used for um, even if it's just a fraction of an offside because it's, it's the right call. I mean, I'll go back to the Champions League. That was a whirlwind when Raheem Sterling scored the winner. And I'm like, okay, like, and then it gets called back because Aguero's offside by a half inch, well, a couple inches, let's yeah. say, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, now keepers cannot leave their line well, without their the heel, on the, and then they're going back to VAR to retake a penalty. Uh, you know what? The thing that's annoying me with the penalty shots is that games are decided by a goal. There's maybe two or three goals at best in in football matches. And and honestly, I feel like PKs are getting handed out like candy now. It's just it's all the time, and it's it's dictating games and, too much and, for me. And I agree with you. And that and that I was leading into that topic of the PKs and and more so the keepers leaving their line early. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah. I mean it's so. What's almost any, any ball gets into the eighteen? You know, I, all of a sudden the referee has nothing to do with it anymore. Now it's VAR. Yeah. Well, and that's the part that kills me about the keeper moving off the line. I mean, how many games have you seen players move before the ball's kicked? They're not necessarily off their line, but they're moving. 
And it's, it's, the, the, it's fractions of an inch. How do you see that the, unless you go to a VAR or a camera that's right there zooming in on the keeper? I think you start losing some of the flow. Like, I, I mean, I noticed the Sweden keeper. She stood like half oh, it, yeah. half or half a foot, maybe a few inches inside her line because she knew she's going to generally forward. you'll probably speak about it. Yeah, you'll exactly. come off and you'll step forward. Exactly. And I mean, players come into the box too early, kind of like what would be like a foul shot, a lane violation that yeah. never gets called. That was the France. Players, France yeah, players stop and stutter their, their run-ups that very rarely gets called and make it retake it i think they're just getting um handed out far far too many um and i know we're highlighting the world cup but i mean it's well, involved it's in, on right it's now, involved why. in the gold cup it was involved in the champions league um it's gonna but be involved i think in the premier league yeah i think they've changed year, yeah. i think they've changed the rules come six months from now yeah when it's in the premier league it's going to be, there's going to be stuff all the time. It, there's stuff all the time in the MLS. It's just, I think people just need to see the games, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a few, there's a few things that I want to know. Yep. Okay. I want to know what's an unnatural position for your arms. Okay. As, as you are in, in live play, what's an unnatural position? Cause to me, when players put their arms behind their back, that seems very unnatural to me. I agree with you. I, I, I think, and even when they do, and, and I'll the, and harken the, back to oh, uh, Milan Roberts, Milan uh, Roberts in, in for FC Olympic or whatever again, it is, yeah. Stat Olympic against the Montreal Impact. Oh. You know, we were Miller was uh, wild, um, but we were on our way through. <laughs> we were going to the next round, right. which would have I been fantastic. And Milan had his both arms yeah. behind his back. The ball hits him up on the chest, sort of shoulder area. And the referee calls a PK. His, yeah, nobody can believe it. Well, nobody. I mean, and what that's, more could he do with his a, arms behind his back? That's just a Saputo mafia. Oh, <laughs> get into the I, don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> I, you know, and then it's funny because uh, we've since run into Drew Fisher, the the referee, <laughs> on a Drew. couple of different occasions. We ran into him in an airport in Calgary, of all places, on our way back from one of the road trips okay. when I was with FC. He's from Calgary, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, so we were, on, on. we were on our way back. He apologized for it. Oh, great! Oh, he apologized after seeing the video. He apologize so you know var should go right down especially when you're in cup type player in that type of scenario it should go right down to the, the lower levels and i think i think refs are brought breathing a big sigh of relief right yeah maybe they've got it well for sure they make a they can say mm, i'm not sure if that's a call i'm gonna leave it yeah goes out for a throw and hey you should have a look at this they check it it's a penalty oh the ref made the right call like they they've got a backup i think i think yeah it's, no fair enough for it's, the refs i think it's I, I think it's a godsend for the referees to, to make a, sure the that ars the ars are like they're loving this i think it's offside by two yards i'm gonna let it play no. out just to see oh it's that's offside. you know what it's that kills me though it's because the games that was happening and yeah it, it's happening too late in my books, yeah, because players are making first, sprints and runs. They could get injured. Anything can happen in the course of the next ten or fifteen seconds. And, I, and I'm pretty sure they don't throw the flag up right away in case there's a goal. Right. If oh, it's if because if they sure. if they throw the flag up and early she's onside, it, and she's onside and I score, yeah, then then they can't know, give a goal. There, there is they can't no give a goal. Exactly. There's no recourse from it. Like if they score, if they the re- score, and if the if the AR puts their her flag up or his flag up, and then they score off of it, they cannot give it a goal yeah. as a goal. And I think that happened. Yeah, I think that happened somewhere down. And the you line. know what? I think I think we could talk VAR until we're blue in the face and continue to talk, but oh. we we won't. We're actually. All I know is that they need to definitely have a serious look at everything that's going on because we're looking at four officials, you know, on the pitch and then probably another three or four that's in the VAR room. And sure, by the letter of the law, whatever it is, but they have to think about the game. They have to think about more than just, okay, it's a handball in the box because the girl or the guy flicks the ball up and hits the person in the hand. Yeah. And because it hit them in the hand, it's a handball. Well, that's and a, offering PK. But then in the Canada game, the last kick of the game, yeah. the girl hits it. It was even looked at, yeah. Yeah, it gets yeah, the hit the thing, but the referee had blown the whistle already. Game was done. No, I think no, they would. I, I think they reviewed it because that's what happened it. in the TFC game. But they're yeah. all standing around. But I thought she had fi- blown the final whistle already. But they all stayed in the field while they reviewed it. Yeah, well, that's what he's trying to say. Because that's, that's what. Yeah if, yeah, if they deemed it a penalty, they would have went back as it happened before the final whistle. Yeah. Because I, I, I kind of wanted to see. Oh, would they it, undo the final whistle? And sure enough, they did in penalty. TFC. Yeah. Like she had her arm out like this. It wasn't a natural position. Yeah, I don't think it was a natural position either. No. I, I think for I think for me the offside is great because you're like oh that's really tough on them but she's offside by six inches two inches three inches you can tell right yeah. you, you can you can find the details and see how close it is but I thought VAR was going to eliminate all the you know the banter about oh is it penalty is it not it's not doing that I feel like it's only highlighting it yeah what I, and what I really think they just need to get rid of is that if they go into VAR 
Just have the the room make the call. They shouldn't be taking time. Okay, checking if they're if they're going to be a handball, if it's going to be a whatever, especially penalty areas, and um, tell the referee now you got to go over to the sideline yeah. and go check it. But if even they're in this, checking it, yeah, if they're checking it and there's an obvious and clear error or whatever the terminology is, and they go into and talk to the referee, okay, what were you thinking in this moment, mm-hmm. right? Why do they have to go and say, okay, I guess okay, let's have the referee have the final decision, but why? Yeah, if they're checking it for two or three minutes, now the referee has to go over to the to the to the box. Obviously, they think they make she makes an error or mm-hmm. he makes an error. Yeah, right. She goes and checks it, or he goes and checks it. Say ninety five percent. Ninety five percent of the time, the same decision as the VAR. Yeah. Well, they, and I, I, th- I think it doesn't have to take as much time either, because no. I think in this day and age with technology the way it is, you can go frame by frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Just get to the one point, frame by frame by frame. Yeah, it touched her hand. Yeah, you know, but the precedent is getting set that you have the ref on field needs to go and look because in the Cameroon England game, the Cameroon players were getting infuriated with the ref on the field for not going two times. It went against them for scoring a goal and conceding a goal without going to check it. Yeah, and I understood it. I'm like, well, if it's uh, if it's offside, you don't need to go and check it, right? But. Well, Here we I'm, are. I'm telling you Mar, right now, you need to get it right. It's, they need to get it right and, down and they'll eventually get it right with the, yeah, the way time. things are moving. And it's, it has to. I like what they do in, in rugby in the, with rugby and, and their, their video the challenges replay, or something. The challenges and, and it's different. Yeah, I think it's. I think what they do is good. Yeah. So anyway, and they actually it, have a conversation with the referee. So like the referee's mic'd up with the people in the VAR room and they're talking about it mm-hmm. and you can hear it on TV. Yeah. Oh, refs need glasses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I was just going to say that. We're going to wrap things up here for this edition. Thanks, of, Charles. Uh, <laughs> Derek Douglas and our referees, thank uh, you. Uh, you, know you. What, you know what? Funny you should say that. We should get Derek Douglas in here one day and uh, have him have a conversation about referees and the and thought DAR. process behind yeah, it. A little bit of VAR stuff for sure. We'll have to do it on DA Charles is in here because clearly you know, <laughs> that's going to be an well, issue. Clearly there is an issue and oh, I'll have Derek, to leave Derek it. I go way back yeah. and it's not pleasant. But obviously, <laughs> obviously you don't go far enough beyond two o'clock to, you know. <laughs> um, do, do you shout out of the day? What? Can I give a shout out to our young referees that uh, completed this season? Yeah, for us? sure. Um, you know, you guys are in a tough spot and, and you know, we want the young referees and, and even all our referees in Sherwood Park to continue to develop just as our players and our and the members that are here with us. And mm-hmm. uh, we know that it's not always a, a, th- a thank, it's a thankless job really because, you know, it's sure. a lot to control. But uh, we want you to guys to come back, stick with it, you know, and uh, also for our coaches, uh, thank you for the season. And... Sign up for next year. Indoors yeah. coming around the corner. You know what? And the other thing, too, is make sure you're signing up for the Strive for Excellence camp coming up. And the uh, all the camps that we do over the summer months, please go to the website. Check out under camps and, and uh, get yourself signed up so you can get some extra footy work this summer. Uh, next podcast for us will probably be our Strive for Excellence camp podcast. We'll have some of the members in the... Uh, the different coaches that are coming in from around the world come into a podcast and we'll have a good chat with them and make sure that uh, everyone hears about it. All right. So thanks for listening. You have been listening to Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's Soccer Talk in the Park. For Dano, Charles, and Dee, we'll see you later. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 